Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkit's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How is it going? Uh, it is hot as all get out over here right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've we've been over the 90 degree Fahrenheit mark for the last couple, three days, and that just means it's going to be mid-80s and raining for the next week, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I often hear about, like, heat problems in America, or, like, ACs don't work, or whatever it is that happens so i mean sometimes i'll watch like americans on youtube and on twitch and stuff and they'll be moaning about how hot it is so i'm guessing that's the situation is it like particular areas of america i mean like i don't really uh i mean it it depends really on um the the land mass that you're in like areas like nevada and deserts uh the temperature on the surface looks really high but because the humidity is so low it's very manageable i was actually in vegas in summer one year and while it was 110 degrees the humidity was only at eight percent so it was super super dry hmm. um whereas where i live in indiana it gets you know the mid 90s but the humidity is 95 percent, so it's basically living in a sauna hmm. okay okay uh what have you been playing uh mostly still yakuza like a dragon um i'm again like many uh, jrpgs i'm to the point to where I'm at the story that I can't progress to until I grind the crap out of some levels because that's apparently what I want to waste my time doing is grinding out levels. Um, the only upshot is is that the side quests that they have you do um, are always story-based, so they're always really interesting. And they unlock the summons ability, although they call it... They actually call it in the game Pound Mates. And when you finish sub-stories, you get unlockable characters to come in and do like an ultimate attack in final fantasy um but they all cost money so you can't just like spam them like you would Mm -hmm. with some things um and they're all like super crazy and super weird like like pretty much everything else in this game Hmm. okay cool uh but you enjoying it or like finding yeah i mean i'm definitely gonna get to the point to where i can finish the story i just gotta knock out a few more levels okay uh, anything else? Uh, honestly, no. I haven't had time. I'm getting, I'm starting a new job, and I'm prepping to clean up the place where I'm living because I'm going to be moving here soon. So mm-hmm. you're doing that. Uh, what's the phrase people use? Ad- adulting? Is that it? I hate that word. I hate oh. that word so very much. <laughs> I didn't know you hated that word. So that's okay. Yeah. I don't hate it to the point where I hate people that are using it. It's just, it's like the bare minimum. It's like I'm adulting. Like no, you're doing the absolute bare minimum. Right. Right. Yeah, it's just a phrase that I've seen. So yeah. people saying like, hey, I'm sorting out this on that, this or that, I'm adulting. So, um, cool. Uh, so I don't remember last week mentioning that I went back to Super Mario Sunshine, but I've now finished Super Mario Sunshine. So there's a big update on that. Um, it's a very good and very enjoyable game. But the controls really, really hold it back sometimes. Uh, it is basically a port of the GameCube version. I can't, I couldn't see any remake or remastering thing going on. I think that it's the case of you're gonna have a good time, to just just purely dependent on what you're doing in that game. Like if you're doing one of those like weird platforming parts of the game to where you've got a collector star, it will frustrate you so much and you'll die like 20 times. But if you're doing it to where like, hey, you have to like spray the water that Mario's got 
at some enemies and clear an area. That's that's fine. And it's one of them games where once you kind of get into a rhythm of doing well and like going that level, pick up a star, going that level, pick up a star. It's really really good, but um. It's one of the things as well where like, okay, I'm going to jump to this platform. If I don't make it, like, I'm going to die. I have to start it again. And then you go to make the run up and it's like, you press, you know, you press the button, but apparently you pressed it a split second too late and you fell off and one of those kind of things. And it's, it's just a bit frustrating. Um, but it's one of the things where when you pull off one of them jumps or when you like do one of his like flip sort of jumps or whatever, um, and you pull it off and you, like, um, get one of the stars, it's really, really satisfying. It's just, um, it's not even really things like camera issues. I wasn't really having many camera issues with the game. Um, but, I mean, it's one of them kind of muscle memory things as well, where once you get used to, like, okay, there's a ledge here and a ledge here, if I sort of, like, flip over and then bounce on that and then use the, like, hover version of the water pump... You can like hover for a bit and then land there and then and then do whatever. So you can kind of plan a little bit as to okay, I'm gonna go over to this area and I know I need to get up to that point. So I'm gonna climb there, 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 and there, and you get into a good rhythm of kind of doing that. Um, it's just when you miss those jumps or something else happens. Um, so, but it's 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 a pretty good game. Um, I I guess I would recommend it. I mean, you can't get it anymore on the Switch Store because Nintendo decided to remove their own game off their own store for some reason. But you can get it physical. Just be aware though that I've seen physical versions go for like seventy dollars, and I don't think it's worth that much. I mean, it's got the other two games which are all right, um, which I played a small amount of. My problem with the other two games, I think it was Galaxy or it was World, and then it was sixty four. Something I kind of realised with Mario when I was also playing Odyssey. Mario is so so much better to use when he's got a tool with him. Because in Super Mario Odyssey he's got Cappy which is his cap that comes to life. Because why not? And you can like throw it at enemies and you can use it to tra- to uh, traverse and that sort of thing. It's very good at doing that. And then obviously in, in Super Mario Sunshine you've got the uh, water pump basically. And you can use that to like hover over certain areas or like attack the water enemies by spraying water at them. That's much better. But I've played like some of the other games as well. Um, like where you're just bouncing on enemies' heads and things like that. And I just don't think that's a great way to play as Mario. It's, that's where one of the... Admittedly one of the big differences between him and Crash. Like Crash... Okay, he's got his like fruit bazooka but you don't need it. Um, you can just spin enemies, you can slide into enemies, you can you can obviously jump on top of certain enemies, but Mario doesn't have, like, a spin that Crash does. You can't just walk into an enemy and, like, get rid of them. Um, so that's one, that's one of the bigger gameplay annoyances of, of Mario, where when we start getting future Mario games, I just want to see him with some sort of tool uh, that, that he can use. Um, that obviously, if we get a Sunshine... Uh, not a Sunshine 2, a... Um, Odyssey 2 or something, you could probably do the same thing there again, so uh, but what's your experience with like Mario games and that sort of thing, do you, do you feel the same way? Uh, I played them pretty much all up until the N64 I never owned that uh, console um, and the Switch is actually the first Nintendo console that I've owned since then, um, I've always been the side-scrolling fan um, didn't really get into 64 the couple of times I've played it 
the rest of the open world stuff, honestly, I'm kind of tired of open world at this point. I'd much mm. rather have more linear fashion. So, um, and outside of that, uh, not a whole lot, nothing recent. Hmm. Okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's a, like I said, Sunshine's a good game. I played it in like, you know, 2002 on the GameCube as well. So I guess technically it's taken almost 20 years for me to finish this game. <laughs> So, because it's always been, I've had my GameCube in my room for the 20 years, and I've had uh, Mario Sunshine on the GameCube for 20 years, so I could have finished it, you know, 20 years ago, almost, uh, but I guess I just didn't, so, that, again, that was those, that age where, like, I was just messing about with games and that sort of thing, and my parents probably thought, hey, you know, kids like Mario, our, our son probably will, so, there you go, but, um, Crash just got there first in uh, the 90s era of uh, PlayStation. So, because uh, I, I guess if my. It's interesting because my whole like gaming nostalgia is from that 90s era of like Abe and Crash and I guess like Metal Gear to a certain extent and Tomb Raider to a certain extent. Um, if my parents hadn't brought a PS1 and my first console was a GameCube, uh, I probably would have been like a Nintendo child, I suppose. Uh, it's just the fact that we brought a PS1 first, obviously, you know, whatever, that was earlier. So, yeah. Um, what consoles did you grow up on on that? Was that, like, what one was uh, one of those? I'm old. The first console I had, technically, that was a, a game console, was uh, the Atari 2600. I did have uh, Trash 80 before that, playing a couple computer games, but they weren't a home gaming console. Uh, to be fair, that machine wasn't much of anything. Uh, technically, Pong was a console, but it was a single game console, so I don't know if that would count or not, but mm-hmm. pretty much from the Atari 2600 on, I've had some form of console at some point in my life. Cool, cool. Um, but, uh, no, it's strange for me, because, like, I grew up on the PS1, then I went to the PS2, almost at, like, the same time as GameCube, because my sister got a PS2. And I got a GameCube. I suppose my parents decided to split us up between PlayStation and Nintendo. Um, and then I got a PS2 slightly later. I'm pretty sure I got the PS2 after I got the GameCube. And then I moved from that to the Xbox 360 in like high school. That's where the whole like Call of Duty thing happened. Um, and then I ended up, and then I went to Xbox because then I went naturally from 360 to Xbox One. And then I moved from that to, you know, pretty much PS4 now. So I kind of missed, I completely kind of missed that sort of PS3 era. So obviously I'm trying to sort of catch up on that now a bit. But, uh, you know, I've done, I've played like Uncharted and Last of Us and those sorts of games. So that was pretty much the PS3 era. Uh, Anyway, that's what I've been playing with uh, Mario and stuff. So I finished Sunshine. I sent that back. I'm back on the Boomerang games. Um... Just for, for those of you that aren't aware of what that is, that's the, the game rental service in the UK that a lot of people use. So just to clear up what that actually is. Um, I also did get the, high, I think it's Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, which is basically a Breath of the Wild sequel. Uh, I find the gameplay to be a bit too, like, button mashy. Because essentially what you do is, like, go, in, go into an area, there's a bunch of, like, I think they're called goblins or whatever... And you just attack, 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 attack. You don't even really block or dodge that much until you get to like a mini boss sort of thing. Um, The part where the game threw me off a little bit was you get introduced to this other character. 
who I, I don't know who she is. And then it was like, hey, you can press, I think it was up or something to switch to this character. And I got like, no idea who this person is. Uh, and Link seems to not have any idea who she is. Because she kind of comes out of nowhere. And then I was suddenly playing as her and she's doing all this magic stuff. And I'm like, okay, I don't really, I like, what what is this? Um, but it, it's it's a good game. I mean, the story it's kind of setting up is cool. Like the destruction of Hyrule seemingly and all that is kind of cool. I kind of just wish I could play it normal Breath of the Wild style. But, because uh, you could still take on like massive hordes of enemies and still use the, those Breath of the Wild mechanics. I would just have preferred, because it's almost got this weird like alternate version of Breath of the Wild controls, where you're still using, like, the bombs, you're still using the, um, uh, brick thing that you can put out to, like, climb and stuff, you're still using the paraglider, still using the bow and arrow, uh, because it's, it's sort of the same version of Link, it's just before Breath of the Wild, so that's that's the only difference I would have liked, so I'll see how much more I play of it, I, I liked it. it, it was just a bit mindless in terms of go to this area, press attack a bunch of times, you can obviously alternate between what you're using and create like the biggest compos you can. Then move to a different area and do it. Keep doing that until you get like the next story bit and then keep doing it again. So I'm hoping it changes its formula a bit because I can't imagine it's like that for 10 hours or whatever it is. So uh, do you know anything about that game? Not off the top of my head, no. I'd have to look into it. Okay, cool. Um, but I've been playing that um, and then I've downloaded a bunch of games. Uh, I want to try Jack, Jack and Dexter 2 again because it's Naughty Dog and it feels weird that I don't really get on with Jack and Dexter. So uh, I watched the story on YouTube for the first one, seemed kind of interesting, um, but that's one that I kind of want to dip into again. Do you remember that game from, I think it was 2014 called Thief? Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Thief the Dark Project, yeah. Yeah, for some reason the other day I was thinking about it, I think maybe it came up on a YouTube video I was watching or something like that. It was one of the um, really, really early versions of a good stealth game. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of something I'm kind of looking for. I remember playing it. I remember kind of liking it. And I remember not finishing it. And I can't remember why. And I went and added it to my boomerang list. And then I was just having like a browse on, on the PS4. And it was on there for £1.60. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to buy that. I took it off my boomerang list, so I thought. Cause I thought, okay, for convenience, and I, I, you know, there's not a lot of money. Uh, like one pound because it was cut down from like I think six pound to one pound sixty. It was on this ridiculous sale, so I thought, okay, it's my chance to kind of jump into it again. And it's it's just weird. I remember liking it, but I don't remember why I didn't finish it. So I guess I'll take another uh, stab at that. So um, the other. Uh, sorry, were you going to say something? No, I was just pulling up the game to look it up. Okay, okay. Um, uh, the other game I went and downloaded was uh, Titanfall 2. It was on my PS Plus list. And I remember a bunch of people saying they really liked it and stuff. They really liked the campaign, so I'm going to give that a try. And the other thing I'm going to try and do is actually finish the uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare campaign. Because obviously most of what I play is uh, the multiplayer. So, um, see how that goes. Uh, the only other update as well is... Um, played a few times on that new map that's on Modern Warfare, the Al-Rab or something, airbase, it's it's an airbase basically. It's a very strange map, Um, it really is this combination of like, you got these like three main buildings kind of, because you sort of got this one building at one end, 
one sort of, not building, but this like sniper spot at one end. Then this sort of blue building which people go into and it's got a uh, data center on cyber attack in there. But the blue building sort of next to this other building, but like skewed a bit off to the side. And then all the rest of the map pretty much is these little like close quarters combat areas where people can like get you with shotguns and camp and stuff which i don't mind close quarters combat as some of my favorite stuff to do but it's just a very strange mix of a map so see how that goes uh, some of my friends seem to kind of enjoy it we played i played with some of them on it the other day so we'll see how that goes uh but that's pretty much what i've been playing and everything so i'll see how i get on with thief thief sorry and uh, titanfall 2 those are pretty much the next things i'm going to be playing so uh, let's get in some housekeeping and then we'll be back with some news in a bit as well. So see you in a minute. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice that's $3 level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show all right so recently on entertainment talk uh i've got uh, uh me and robert by the way just recorded a, a film review for the tomorrow war it's a Chris Pratt film that's on Amazon Prime. It's like a sci-fi thing, so look out for that at some point later. I uh, reviewed another film this week. It's called uh, Believe Me, The Abduction of Lisa McVeigh. And it's based off a uh, true story. Uh, that's available on Netflix in the UK. Don't know about other territories, other places. It's not a Netflix film, but it's a film that's on Netflix. Uh, really uh, emotional, really good, really well done sort of um piece of media that's adapted from from that uh true story but very emotional very tough to watch in certain places i did give a, i did give it a must-see review but a different type of must-see given the kind of story that it is so uh, you can check that out if you want to uh world of the last of us podcast uh, i did that yesterday 
Uh, we got an image from Gabriel Luna, who's going to be playing Tommy in the show. He played uh, Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He posted a photo of him, Pedro Pascal, who's uh, going to be playing Joel, and um, I think her name was uh, Sarah Parker or, or something like that. Uh, I mentioned her name on the podcast properly. Uh, they were filming a scene. Uh, Gabriel took a photo of them, like, in this car. I think we kind of know which scene that is for, but in case you haven't played the game or whatever, I'm not going to talk about it here. So I talked about um, them filming that, what that means for the series, and then them them adding the two new cast members, because Marlene has been added to the cast as well. Uh, She's going to be played by the the same actress that did the motion capture, which is interesting. And I talked about uh, just everything involving that. Um, what's going on there? So that's an update for The Last of Us. So switching it a bit round to the the TV series, I uh, got some Flash podcasts. So we've got podcasts for the the Flash, the CW show, of course. Uh, top ten best Naughty Dog games. I did a podcast for that last week, talking about. Um, well, there's more than ten Naughty Dog games. There's actually a few that uh, got into my kind of honourable mentions and, and things. Um, but putting into a list my top ten, what I think are the top ten best Naughty games from Jack and Daxter, Last of Us, Crash, and Uncharted. So you can check that out as well if you want to. Then another list, uh, another list, sorry, uh, for top ten best Pixar films. So Disney's animation brand over there, obviously, but with P- uh, Pixar specific. So there's no Disney films in that list. So things like Toy Story, Incredibles, that that kind of thing. So you can check that out as well if you want to. Uh, did another World of Last Pos- podcast uh, last week talking about, in my opinion, I think that the character called Abby did nothing wrong. So you can listen to that if you know about that situation. We've got podcast for Legends of Tomorrow as well. Gaming Talk last week, we talked about Last of Us 2 and the Abbey statue. Talked about this weird uh, game called Abandoned from Blue Box and this guy called Hassan that's involved and Kojima might be involved and all the weird stuff going on there. And I talked a lot about Cyberpunk 2077 and my return to the game, which is no longer the case because I put the game down. Uh... Chat podcast for last month, uh, for June 2021, talking about that. Uh, at the time, it wasn't Entertainment Talk's most successful month, but it now is. So thank you very much, everyone, who's uh, contributed towards that. It does mean a lot, and I did post about it on Twitter as well. So I'll be talking about that again in this month's or next month's uh, chat podcast. Also talked about Disney Plus's premium access thing with like Cruella and all that sort of stuff, and just a bunch more. Uh, did a must-see review for Black Summer Season 2. That's a Netflix original. Should be available on Netflix everywhere. Um, had a couple of messages exchanged between myself and uh, Jamie King, who plays the lead character, the mother in the series. I'm really, really hoping I can message her enough to where she... I mean, she's been responding a, a bit here and there. Obviously, she's a busy woman and all that. Uh, and hopefully they're planning for Season 3. Um, I'm really, really hoping I can get her on a podcast because it would be... Crazy if I was able to talk to her about Black Summer Season 2. That would be uh, pretty interesting. So, But uh, she's liked a couple of my tweets and comments here and there. And we've had some, some interactions. So I just hope she sees my uh, message that I sent her. Because I sent her an Instagram message. So hopefully that can happen one day. That would be really, really good. Because there's a lot of things I want to talk to her about with uh, Black Summer Season 2. And I called it TV's Best Zombie Show. Because that's what I think it is. So... There you go. Uh, that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and you can also find us on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news.
Alright, so we got a few uh, studio update things. I know that you've got a couple of things. Um, how about if you go first, because you've got a couple of studio updates to talk about, and then I've got one. So if you talk about yours first, and then I'll do mine, maybe. So um, what do you have for that? Uh, well, first up, uh, Dan Hauser, who is the co-founder of Rockstar Games, and also played a central role in the GTA and Red Dead franchises, is setting the stage for coming up for creating his new company. After leaving Rockstar back in 2020, he appears to have a new company called Absurd Ventures in Games. <laughs> the UK registrars of companies said in a filing via uh, video game BGC that Absurd Ventures in Games will work in the area of, quote, ready-made in interactive leisure and entertainment software development. Absurd Ventures LLC and Absurd Ventures in Games LLC has also been registered in the U in the U.S., back in February. Uh, so it sounds like right now he's just setting the groundwork for his own company. Uh, he's been away on an extended quote, uh, extended break in quotes, uh, since spring 2019 follow following, uh, the release of uh, red dead two before officially leaving in 2020. Um, Sam's uh, brother, Dam Hauser is still the president of rockstar. So obviously he's not, you know, uh, cutting full ties with that. Um, the only other really employee of note who has left Rockstar in recent years was uh, Leslie Benzies uh, back in 2016. Um, he went on to sue Rockstar for $150 million, um, wow. but that case was settled out of court in 2018. Um, he went on to find his own studio, build a Rocket Boy, which is now developing a game called Everywhere. So lots going on with uh, Rockstar. Mm -hmm. So it's Dan Hauser, is this guy's name? Yeah. Dan Hauser. Yeah, uh, you know, not any small kind of business with, you know, when you talk about the likes of um, Red Dead, GTA, and Rockstar, you know, some of the biggest things in, in the world of gaming. Uh, you know, some people don't like GTA, some people don't like Red Dead, some people don't like Rockstar games, but you can't deny that they sell lots and lots and lots of copies, and that GTA Online itself is enormous. And um, GTA actually skipped the last generation, didn't they? The PS4, uh, Xbox One era. Because GTA 5, which is the newest GTA game, is uh, an Xbox 360 game, technically. But it's going to be... I don't know if it's been re-released, but it's going to get like a new version on PS5 or whatever. And obviously you can get it on uh, PS4, I, I, I think, and, and Xbox One. Yeah, you can. Yeah, they did a re-release of it. Um, which I think was in 2014 they did that. So... Uh, and obviously Red Dead 2. Red Dead, I would say, is probably not as big as um, GTA, but still a pretty big franchise. It's just one of them things where with GTA Online, where you have like a modern day world you can play around with. You can do things like Back to the Future and flying cars and whatever. Whereas I think we all knew that the kind of the holdback with Red Dead Online was, okay, what are you going to have like flying horse carriages and stuff <laughs> um like it you know you can't suddenly put like a car into that world i mean you could but it wouldn't really make like logical sense and stuff so um so yeah but uh yeah good luck to him with what he's gonna do I i'm sure him and rockstar will, will still be fine uh hopefully we'll get i mean we'll be talking about gta 6 not because it's it's not like announced or whatever but uh, you know talk about some things regarding it here in a bit um, but, uh, 
Yeah, I did. I mean, you know, when you've when you worked for or when you was it you co, did he co-own or whatever Rockstar? I can't remember his co-founder. Exact title. Co-founder. Yeah. So, you know, when you've got a big title like that, and you've uh, released a couple of GTA games here and there, um, yeah, you can probably take an, a, a bit of a break at some point because uh, you're probably gonna be all right financially. So, uh, I think it's fair to say. Um, but what do you think of like the status of GTA Red Dead and Rockstar? in uh today's world well obviously uh gta online is still going i'm sure at some point we'll get a gta 6 i just don't see that being anything that happens anytime even remotely soon just because they're putting out so much new stuff constantly for online and online just just printing money for them uh so they have a rare luxury that few companies have is they can take the, as much time as they want to make as good of a product as they want. Hmm. Yeah. It's also one of them situations with GTA Online that, okay, you go into that world, you've got your garage, you've got your apartment, and it's kind of a case where, okay, you can go out into this online, you can go out into this open world full of players, and you can do whatever you want. Or if you get bored of that, there's like a dozen things you can do, like heists and the Hot Wheels thing, which is like in the sky or whatever. And obviously you've got things like helicopters and tanks and you know you, you name it it's it's there so it's kind of, it's kind of a big massive playground in a way where like hey do you want to like get in the car with a couple of your mates and like do a bank heist and like you know shoot some people together you can do that do you want to go solo and go for a a a, a big challenge um, do you want to get in some like helicopters and do some crazy other mission there's that as well so. It's uh, it's one of them franchises that's fortunate enough to have those open possibilities. Unlike with Red Dead, where sure you can like get on a bunch of horses and you know do some shootouts or rob a bank or whatever, but you can't quite do the same crazy open world playground stuff that you can do in GTA. Um, you know, you can't do that in Red Dead in the same way that you can do it in in GTA. So, because you've got things like you know trains and that as well, but yeah, it's just it's just a little bit more limited. Which I think is where we kind of knew Red Dead Online was going to find its limits. I think people are still playing it and stuff, but I haven't really heard many sort of updates and things. So, um, that's the situation. I think. Uh, but good luck to him. Good luck to Rockstar. Um, I mean GTA Six. Uh, let's move on to GTA. I've got a bit of information here about GTA Six actually, and then we'll talk about the other, um, studio developments. Uh, there's a bunch of articles over like this week and the last couple of weeks that mention GTA Six is still roughly four years away. So that would be twenty 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 five. Yeah, is my maths my maths correct on that? Yeah, twenty twenty five. Uh, for uh, GTA Six, uh, we know it's pretty much. In development, they can take as much time on it as they want to because of things like GTA Online. Um, when do you think we'll see? Well, not even its release, its reveal, I suppose. Because we, I mean, we can guess that it's in development. I think that's a pretty sure thing to say. But what I mean is, any kind of teaser trailer or you know, crazy you know update on Rockstar's website or something that they've done before. When do you think we could see something from it? At a minimum, maybe late 2023, possibly 2024, because, like I said, they they have no reason to rush. Yeah. So there's no reason to build hype for a game that's not going to be out for two or three years. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, they got the luxury to kind of be able to to take their time with that. I'd still like to see more from Red Dead and that kind of thing, but uh, 
I don't know. There's only, there's only again. There's only so many things you can do with Red Dead, but I'd be interested to see more from it. So, uh, but good luck to everybody involved, and we'll look forward to seeing what they've got. Uh, what are the other two? Uh, I think there's, there's was it two that you had. What was the next? Uh, one? Just one more. Yeah. What was the next one? Uh, the other one that I've got is that 4A Games, which is the studio behind Metro Exodus, mm. has a large number of jobs advertised on their site. Um, while they're hiring staff in very, you know, in many roles, with many number of hirings, which is always good, uh, there are six roles that are listed for an unnamed quote new IP, three design roles and three artist roles. Uh, the article says that there isn't much that can be divined about any game from the job descriptions. Uh, though the listing for a senior technical artist goes into some interesting places tonally saying that never use the word impossible doing R and D means digging your own path and ignoring doubts. Um, but they do seem to avoid the tropish games of like game wizard, game ninja, game Jedi, things like that, that you tend mm-hmm. to see in a lot of fan service kind of based, um, games. Obviously, uh, Metro Exodus is a stunningly beautiful game, but if punishing on PCs, um, very well upscaled on consoles for where it's available. Uh, but it looks like they're com- creating com- something completely different and new. Cool. I mean, I, I like what they did with the Metro games. I think they're all very good. I think they're very tense and scary, but they're kind of supposed to be. Uh, you know, especially when you run out of, like, certain supplies and things. Um I remember there was one point in the second game where I, like, almost ran out of gas mask thing, whatever it was, and, like, kept dying in a certain situation. But, um, no, they're they're all very good games. Uh, I don't really... I can't remember if there is or there isn't another Metro game on the way. I can't remember, because Metro Exodus was the newest one that got, like, re-released on PS5. And, uh, well, not really released on Series X. Yeah, and it got an HD remix with, uh... Yeah. You got an HD remix with its predecessor, and I think they're both, uh, you know, 4K upscaled on the Series X and PS5. Yeah, yeah. On PC, you can crank them to ultimate, and they look crazy good. But those are the ones that have like three thousand dollar computers. Damn. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't really want or need more from from Metro. Uh, because I think you do run the risk of tiring that idea, because it is kind of an, a contained thing within that world. Uh, but if they want to step into some new IP, I'm I'm all good for that. Um, you know, they can still stick with horror, but just do just do something different. I think. Um, hey, I like horror. I like zombies. If if they just did like a normal zombies thing, I think that would be quite good. Um, or maybe may, maybe they'll. I mean, I don't want them to make like too drastic of a change. Like if they go to like a sci-fi game or or something. But again, if they come out with something that's good, then then cool. Uh, but I, I trust them to do something fairly good because what i've played from them has been pretty good so what's your uh experience with the metro games uh, i tried playing them i didn't dislike them but it kind of fell into the witcher category of i just wasn't into it mm-hmm. um and that's going to be a thing because not everybody's going to be into everything um technically they looked very well uh the gameplay flowed very smoothly it's just i didn't want to spend time in the world it was i guess the only really way to say it mm. yeah so, but we'll see what they got, um, and see if they stick in the same genre or whatever the case. But that's that's good that they're maybe looking at doing some new IP uh, to kind of just refresh things because you can't do Metro forever. Um, plus, I don't think is there any other because those are based off of books. I don't know how many 
books in total there is. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what they do. Uh, so you said that was the two... Because we'll do these studio things first. You said that was the two that you got. Yep. Uh, so let's move over to Humanoid Studios. Is a new independent studio. So it's just announced it was like a few days ago. Uh, helmed by former Bioware GM... Uh, and KOTOR slash Mass Effect, of course, Knights of the Old Republic slash Mass Effect, creative director Casey Hudson. It says Casey D. Hudson, but I don't know what the D's for, so Casey Hudson. Uh, com is a website you can go to. I didn't go over there, but you can go over there if you want to. It says an all-new IP is in development, which I think is to be a bit expected. It's got me thinking about what EA had... What EA still got and what they've kind of lost. Because if you look at... Okay, people really love the original Mass Effect games. People really love Dead Space. A lot of people really love the KOTOR games. Uh, I really liked Mass Effect. <laughs> uh, not Mass Effect, sorry. Uh, Mirror's Edge. Not that many other people did. But uh, that was a good game series and stuff. Um, you had uh, sort of was, was it Amy Henning who was there because she went from I think Naughty Dog because she did like something with the Uncharted games. She was at EA for a bit because was she was mixed in with the whole Star Wars stuff I think, and obviously all that went kaput. Uh, Amy Amy Henning's doing her, uh, making a new studio. Um, wonder where she's up with, with an update for that. But uh, she left. She's making her own studio thing. Humanoid Studios obviously different to uh, EA. A uh, new, new independent studio with new IP. So it's like... If EA had just done it... Because they've got a bit of a history of sort of... You know, with like... I think it's Visceral Games, which did Dead Space. It's like shut down. There's a bunch of other studios that shut down. And obviously there's some trouble with Bioware. Because uh, Anthem didn't work out. And Mass Effect uh, Andromeda didn't go down very well. And that sort of thing. And obviously they decided to just get rid of Dead Space. Because uh, that, that studio doesn't exist anymore. Um, and it's like, okay, if you combine all those things together, you could have had an EA where Amy's doing something with Star Wars, Casey's doing something with Mass Effect, Visceral, I think it was Visceral Games, is doing something with Dead Space, on top of, you know, Battlefield, Battlefront, FIFA, etc, etc, etc. So they've lost some important pieces to all that, I think, like with Casey and with Amy. With both of them just doing new things. And you know you could argue that. Okay some point down the line. They could just decide to leave. And work on their own things. Uh, and I, I can't remember the exact situation with Casey. But I think we remember with Amy. That it was you know. What happened with the whole Star Wars thing. And with Battlefront 2. And all that sort of nonsense that happened. Uh, and then there was like the cancelled Star Wars games. And then Star Wars 1313 got cancelled. And you know. It wasn't going very well. Um, but what, what what do you think of like I guess the the state of EA I suppose and kind of how they've you know some people have split off to do other things. Yeah, I mean it's always hard to keep uh, talent at the same place for very long because people want to go yeah. do their own things and if they don't get the chance to do it, we are in a place right now where it's very easy to go do your own thing and you know not be tied down to a specific company. Um, outside of that. Um, you know, the proof is in the games. We just have to wait to see what games come of it, if any, how well they're received or not, and then just go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like Amy Henning. I'm looking forward to seeing... I can't remember what her studio's called. It's been 
it's been a minute since we've heard from that uh, situation. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what she does. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Casey does because it's got a new IP listed here. I'm assuming Amy will work on a new IP. I think is the last thing that they said or that her company said. Um, but yeah, you know, you've got the guy who did creative director of um, Mass Effect and KOTOR. So pretty good. Pretty good indeed. So let's see what we've got. Um, is there anything particular you'd like, you know, given, let's stick with Casey here for a second. KOTOR and Mass Effect, so Star Wars and Mass Effect, so sci-fi. Uh, is there anything particular you'd like to see Casey do? Um, I mean, on a personally selfish level, I'd love a Jade Empire too, but that's just me. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. So, what about uh, Amy, who was involved with, like, kind of Star Wars and then Uncharted? Two you see, sort of different her things. name's all over a ton of stuff, but I don't know what she actually did in terms of the creative side of it. I mean, I know she's always been more of a managerial um, studio head-ish kind of role. I, I've i been struggling to try to find a game that she actually like wrote okay. or created. And it might just be that I it, it was a game that I never heard of or don't remember that she was associated with on that technical level. Um, so I don't know that there would be a game. I mean, if, hmm. if people know what she created as a game and I just, just something, I, you know, let us know in the emails... I'm just struggling to try to remember anything. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I can't remember her like specific roles. Like, is, was it narrative director or wh- whatever? Um, I know that she she was working on Uncharted. I think it was Uncharted Four and maybe the previous ones. And she was see that might be it because I never played the Uncharted games. Right. And she was involved with the whole Star Wars thing, but that was when Star Wars was going badly for EA. Um, when, when when they had like two or three games cancelled, I think it was, and Battlefront mm-hmm. Two came out, and Star Wars thirteen thirteen. I can't remember if it was thirteen thirteen that she was involved with, but it was pretty much all around that time period. So, uh, which was which is unfortunate for her. So, but uh, we'll see what they both come out with at their studios. Obviously, two separate situations. So, but uh, so new IP for them. Those two sounds cool to me. So, we'll see. I uh, already talked about GTA 6. Uh, I, we we kind of talked about it. Um, I want to just revisit it for a minute. Um, so you think of... You know, when we enter a new generation, which we're in the Series X, PS5 generation at the moment, and you think of, as I kind of described earlier, a world that's essentially a massive playground, like a GTA, where you've got a massive city, and you can kind of go and do what you want. Um... Is there anything particular you'd like from a GTA 6? Anything you think that you'd like them to try and do, given that obviously we're further in technology than we were in 2013 with GTA 5? Uh, honestly, I would just like a story that I could get into because the whole mm-hmm. three different people, three different stories, I just I couldn't get into that, especially because it was switching to any character story at any point in time. Well, I understand for some people the appeal of that. Again... I'm over open world. Give me something more linear. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be like completely a rail shooter or anything like that. Just, you know, focus down a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of with you in the way I, I like, obviously my linear games, uh, crash four and last of us two are basically linear games. Uh, all, all the crash games basically are, uh, and the first and second last of us, the uncharted games, or, well, what, what I'm basically saying is naughty dog. <laughs> so, um, 
their sorts of games. I think one of the issues with what we've run into with open worlds, and Ubisoft is most to blame for this, is worlds that are too open with just 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 too much, just stuff, you know, just full of just stuff like chest boxes and towers yep. and. That was that's one of the Skyrim that, is a perfect example of that. Yeah, Assassin's Creed, like what what Ubisoft did with Assassin's Creed, I think was really bad in that regard. Um, because even though yeah, the first Assassin's Creed game was on PS3 and the new ones obviously PS4, PS5. Um, you look back to the first Assassin's Creed game, and I think okay, that's just not it's just not the same game as Valhalla. Like, I know you've got to evolve your games once you've done, like, however many Assassin's Creed games there's been. Uh, I did a podcast recently called The Fall of Assassin's Creed, if you want to go and listen to that, uh, where I sort of broke down what's happened with the series. And and just in my opinion as to why I think the series has fallen and just kind of completely changed. Um, it, it's funny because I was looking at the this video not too long ago of, like, the, the evolution or, like, the timeline of Assassin's Creed. And just seeing this slow bleed from this very Templar Assassin's Creed, hence the you know the, the Creed part of that focused, to like Vikings and all this other weird stuff that they've done, uh, and like going to Egypt and those sorts of places, and then switching protagonists. So, but going back to my original point, um, just having because like, like, there's a certain balance to. Okay, on some open world games, you can just go and do the story. You can do that in GTA Five. You can just go and just do the story. But other open world games like Assassin's Creed, to where, okay, you need to like level up your character and do all this other stuff, and just collecting chests and clearing areas, and um, really the big problem with the Ubisoft format, which is, hey, go to this area, climb a tower, activate the area. You'll see all this. Again, just stuff like side quests and boxes. Go and clear it all up. Level up your character. And then once you've done that to a certain amount of times, go and do a bit more of the story. Here's a new area. Go and do it again. Uh, And I used to like... It's weird thinking back to it now because I used to like doing that. And now that I think back to that, I don't know why I did. Because I noticed over the years, once that kept happening, you know, more Assassin's Creed games, more Far Cry games, they just kept doing those two same things. And you started to hear the opinion of like Ubisoft just is repeating the same formula and just kind of changing the skins of, of these games. Um, that that's the type of example of open worlds done badly. Whereas in something like a GTA, when it's more just okay, yeah, you can go and like interact with people or do the same thing with Red Dead, like go to places, interact with people, do whatever, or you can just kind of do the story. So. Um, do you kind of agree about like you know that these open worlds where you just have to focus on leveling up, do the side quests, and then do story and like where, where do you kind of stand on that? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and I'm been in that fix with the last few, you know, semi open worldish games to where I just gotta run around and grind out the uh, the experience until I can get more into the story. So mm. yeah, so. Um, but one thing is, I kind of think about with GTA, I remember there was a few comments going around some time ago, and I think I've mentioned this before, imagine a GTA game where you can go into every building. Now, there might not be a point going into every building, like, okay, you're just going to see, like, whatever in there, but, I don't know, like, ideas that really expand things like that, 
uh, not not that specifically maybe but ideas that are similar to where you're breaking certain bound like technical boundaries i suppose um i don't know we'll, we'll see how it how it kind of goes but uh yeah i mean gta 6 ain't coming out anytime soon we'll see when it gets announced um but i suppose for, for rockstar it's just that I've, i suppose they've kind of looked sat back and thought like okay gta 5 on its like just as a game sells a whole bunch like lots and lots and lots of millions of copies Plus then there's the GTA Online stuff which earns them even more money. So they probably sat back and thought like we can take all the time in the world to do GTA 6. And then hey 2018 there's stick a Red Dead game out there. Critically acclaimed and all that. Most people really liked it. Um, but like hey we can just kind of take all the time we want to, to do a GTA 6. Which I think is, is good in a certain way but you don't want them to take like too long. Because now we have got to a point where we've skipped a generation without a GTA game. So We'll see how it all goes. Uh, anything else to say on that, or should we move on? Uh, we can, I think we can move on. Cool. Uh, one of the things I've got to talk about this week is a year of hardware announcements. Uh, Nintendo announced today an OLED screen version of the Switch. Let me switch to the picture that I've got here of their tweet. Uh, so from Nintendo, meet the newest entry of sorry, meet the newest entry to the Nintendo Switch family. Nintendo Switch OLED model. We'll see if they stick with that with the actual name of the thing. Brings the versatility of Nintendo Switch experience with their vibrant 7-inch OLED screen. I'm not sure the size of the Switch screen at the moment, but it's obviously... 6.2. Oh, 6.2. Okay, so this is like slightly bigger. Uh, vibrant 7-inch uh, OLED screen. A wide adjustable stand, which I'm guessing means the dock, because this wouldn't fit. If this screen is wider, then it obviously isn't going to fit in a... Uh, normal uh switch dock uh wide adjustable stand and more nintendo switch oled model releases now it says 10 8 that's is that that's, october 8th october 8th yeah because you've changed the dates around with with america so because if you write in that in english that's the 10th of august but um october 8th um do you have any interest in this how, how do you feel about it this isn't uh, really I... the switch pro is it so this might be the Switch Pro that they're talking yeah. about. Uh, I'm looking at the photos of it. It does say OLED on the box, so I'm guessing that they're uh, um, going to stick with that. They uh, fixed the uh, – when they say adjustable stand, they fixed that crappy little stand that comes out the box. Um, I probably won't be getting one because I barely use the Switch that I have now, uh, so I don't feel the need to uh, purchase a, another one. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's there are uh, – enhancements to it it's got 64 gigs of internal memory which is up from 32 on the switch and switch Lite. it says they've enhanced the audios onboard speakers i'm not quite sure if that's the onboard for the device or the onboard for the uh controllers um they they confirmed in the article that i'm reading that they uh will have the same four and a half to nine hours about it battery life that switch models had after their 2019 update um, it's going to weigh uh, about a less than a pound with the Joy-Cons attached. Um, so it is a little bit heavier, but only in like mathematical terms. It's a 0.93 versus 0.88. So, hmm. yeah. Um, I, I, I've not really seen this as like a, I mean, you can call it a pro if you want to, but 
I mean, and it's just like, it's just kind of a, I mean, it is an upgrade, because you've got like the battery life and stuff, and the OLED screen, but I don't know, I just don't know if I'd go so far as to call that as like a Switch Pro, um, I don't know, so, but uh, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, I don't need this, really, I don't use my Switch that often, obviously I've just finished a Mario game on there, and I'm currently playing uh, Hyrule Warriors, the, the, the Zelda game, but um, usually when I'm playing it, it's on the TV anyway, so that's not going to make any difference. Um, like battery life, I've never had a problem with. And as I've kind of said before, um, you know, this is the, for those that are more attached to like, oh, my games look really pretty. This is going to appeal to that, like the you know the vibrant new screen, that kind of thing, um, which I don't really care about. Um, so it's not it's just not targeted at me if it's targeted at you and you want a better version of the switch then i guess it you know the, this is i guess this is kind of for those people that play like smash brothers all the time or they play animal crossing for like 700 hours um and they use the switch in the garden and whatever else i i suppose this is for those people would would you agree yeah this is definitely for the power user yeah, yeah. The the part where I'm kind of really disappointed with this is the Joy-Cons are awful. <laughs> and <laughs> there ain't no getting around that. You're going to get the same Joy-Cons basically. And it's to, to when I look at the Switch and I think, okay, the actual tablet system itself is pretty good. Like there's some improvements that could be made. The stand's not great and whatever. I don't use the stand all that often. But it's a pretty good system. Um, you know, it's pretty simple. You've got your volume volume up and down. You've got your headphone jack. You've got the fan. You've got the power switch in a good place and and whatever. Um, it's just disappointing that something like what's considered a Switch Pro or a Switch OLED, whatever we're, we're calling this thing, improves the thing. It's almost like the if it isn't broke, don't fix it. And it's like the Joy-Cons are awful. There's been lawsuits for the stick drift and that's i mean the the joy the joy cons are going to feel fresher on this thing because they're going to be fresher versions of the same thing but it's only it's going to end up being the same wear and tear and i i think you're going to see a situation where people will get these new oled versions and that's cool if you want that it's fine but they'll get the same like stick drift and all that sort of thing because I can't recall a situation when Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo said like, sure, you can send it back to us for a pair for free, but they haven't actually said like, here's a new version of the Joy Cons which are hopefully less expensive because they're way too expensive for the crap that they are, <laughs> and ones that sort out the stick drift problem. And I get that you can get that on certain controllers, but. Yeah, when it gets to a point where there's like lawsuits and stuff, that's that's pretty bad. Um, so it's just disappointing to me that the that when I look at the Switch as a model outside of putting it on a TV screen, the thing that I don't think is the problem, which is the Switch model itself, is getting the improvement and the Joy Cons aren't. Um, I suppose for me, you know, I I put it in my Switch dock thing and I've got the PS4 controller adapter and I don't actually use the Joy Cons because I don't want to. I use the my PS4 controller and I use the little USB thing I got connects to that via Bluetooth and I use that that's how I played the whole of pretty much Breath of the Wild and most of if not all of um, Super Mario Sunshine so 
Yeah. Uh, are you disappointed in the same way that they're kind of fix- fixing the thing that doesn't really need fixing and then avoiding the other thing, which has caused them <laughs> lawsuits? It's just... It's Nintendo, so... I mean, I wouldn't say disappointed so much as I don't care anymore, because it's clear they're not going to fix it, because if they were going to fix it, they would have fixed it by now. So they're they're perfectly happy with that as a substandard product, hmm. um, and, and uh, which is unfortunate, because outside of that, it's a pretty impressive piece of kit, but that's the one thing that's always been a blemish, and they're fine with it being there. Mm. Yeah. So, um, I suppose if you were to say, like, if you were to ask Nintendo that, they'd say, hey, just buy our Pro Controller. And I'd be like, okay, but you can pro- your Pro Controller doesn't come with the Switch. I have to pay extra for that. So, you're just kind of asking me for more money for a better product. So, that's just where my disappointment lies with that. So, we'll see what they decide to do. Um, but yeah, if you're going to do a Joy-Con, Joy-Con Pro, I'm, uh, I'm listening. <laughs> So, uh, but that's all the news and stuff that we got to. Let's get into some emails and feedback. I got tons more news. I just oh yeah, sorry yeah, we didn't get to your sorry. I forgot about that. Okay. Uh, what what did you want to talk about this week? Uh, well, first up, we've got the uh, PS Plus games for July. Pretty impressive listing. Uh, first up is Call of Duty Black Ops Three. Uh, second one is a Plague Tale Innocence, and third one's kind of goofy, but it's a WWE Two K Battlegrounds, which is kind of like. A Sims-ish, me-ish looking kind of pro wrestling beat em up for you know the the pro wrestling f- franchise. Um, that you know one game aside, the other two are solid games. Did we did we talk about this last week? They were rumored but not officially confirmed. These are officially confirmed. So okay, okay. Because I think I remember saying the WWE game from what I know is terrible. Plague Tale is pretty good. I need to give it another shot, which this will give me a chance to do that. Um, wait, is that that was that for for PS Five the Plague Tale thing? Uh it did not say. Okay, because if it is, then I obviously can't do that. But if it isn't, then I'll go and grab it. Uh, what was the date that these get activated? They're, they're out now. I was online on the uh, Sony PlayStation Store, um, and I it was able to add all three to my library. Okay, cool. I might check my uh app in a second. Um. But yeah, Plague Tale, I want to give them another shot too. The WWE game, I've heard nothing but bad things about it. And Black Ops, did you say 3? Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3. 3, okay, which is uh, a good game. Not, not by, far, far from the best Call of Duty game, but a, but a good game. So Very respectable game. Yeah. <laughs> Better than the, the Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, and Call of Duty Ghosts, which to me are the worst Call of Duty games. Uh, post Call of Duty Four, no, nobody nobody really talks about Call of Duty One, Two, and Three anymore. <laughs> it's like that those those don't uh, those don't exist anymore. So because those weren't like the big online games, that was Call of Duty Four that kind of did that first. So or did it properly first. So any thoughts on these? I I wouldn't be able to answer that one. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so that's your game. Uh, not games of gold. PS Plus for July. Go and have a look and. Uh, See what you see what you like about them. Uh, I suppose with the WWE thing, if you want to try it out and you don't want to spend more money, this is the chance to do that. I suppose so because maybe they've patched it or something else like that, or maybe it's better. So who knows? Um, what else do you want to talk about this week? 
Uh, well, there's Xbox Fan Fest this month, and Microsoft is celebrating by hosting a digital online Halo 3 2v2 tournament. Uh, the The tournament will be held through something called a Smash.gg ladder, which I don't know what that is because I don't really do online competitive shooters. Um, it is an open tournament for Xbox Fan Fest members in North America. Um, you can become a Fan Fest member on the official website, opt in, there's no cost. After opting in, people will receive an email with a registration code for the tournament. Um, they also added a playlist into the Halo Master Chief collection uh, for the tournament so people can be practicing. Uh, so you got to get on this now. The uh, registration is open today. The uh, brackets and ladder, matching making, ladder matchmaking starts July 9th, so it's going to be this weekend. Uh, top eight teams from Friday and Saturday will play in a double elimination bracket on Sunday. Uh, the series finale will take place Sunday, July 30, 31st, with the top six teams, 16 teams from the month. Uh, there is a $25,000 prize pool, but Microsoft did not specify how that money will uh, be doled out. And the Sunday brackets and series finales will be streamed on the Xbox official Twitch channel. Okay. Um, also, as part of the 20th anniversary celebration for um, Halo, starting today, Xbox Game Pass members will be able to earn double points, completing specific quests centered around selected games as part of the celebration, which I get those pop-up notifications on my Xbox every now and then. It's like, you completed this quest, you completed this quest. And I can do bugger all with the points, but <laughs> I've got like 30,000 of them. Yeah. Yeah. What was the term you mentioned that you're not familiar with? What was that again? Uh, smash.gg ladder. Um, that's I... that's what it says here in the article. That's what it's called. Can't think of what that is. Obviously, I'm more into the like online shooter space than you. Mm-hmm. Uh... Well, this is specific for a tournament, so... Okay. Nope. Cannot, nope. Can't, can't think of what that is at all. So. And that might just be their name for the tournament. Okay. I mean, obviously, GG is a good game, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But you wouldn't think they would use the word Smash because that's another franchise. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, uh, when um, was it? it? Either the team that I'm playing with like s- destroys the other team, or the other way around. And uh, like uh, most people try and say GG at the end of the game, I sometimes do whatever. <laughs> sometimes people just like. <laughs> Like, GG? No, what are you on about? And they start swearing like the other person. Just find that funny. So, um, <laughs> I was like, hey, no, you cheated. This ain't a GG and all that kind of stuff. So, anyway. Um, yeah, seems like a cool event. I don't know how much uh, interest or attention I'll pay towards it. But we'll see what happens when it happens. And um, we'll kind of go from there with it. What are your uh, thoughts on it? I mean, it's cool that they're still celebrating the franchise. Specifically, it's not like they're going to a Halo 5, you know, online shooter. They're going back to Halo 3. Um, obviously, this it being the 20th anniversary for that, um, that's obviously a thing. So, you know, nostalgia always sells. The fact that the Master Chief Collection is still one of the top played online shooters on Xbox's console and platform. And the fact that even games like ODST... Um, are part of that collection now and it's just a massive massive collection of games that you know it's mm-hmm. clearly got some kind of uh, a serious enough falling for it to do this yeah yeah um yeah nostalgia yeah very very powerful thing hence 
how we've had so many 90s remasters over the last, like, four years. So, which is good for me, because uh, I love those games. So, but uh, nostalgia is a good way to get money and stuff, and it's a very powerful thing to lean on as a, as a business. So, cool. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Okay, well, the last thing that I have to talk about, there's a lot to unpack. I'm not going to be able to get into too much detail uh, with all of it. This is just kind of going to be a surface kind of a thing to where if you want to look learn more, um, I would definitely recommend a few channels on YouTube, which I'll do once we get done unpacking the basics of it. Um, but ultimately, FaZe Clan, well, at least multiple members of FaZe Clan just completely nuked their own personal reputation possibly tanked the team's reputation and this is strictly for me if i was in charge i would completely rebrand so it had nothing to do with what's going on so let's start from the beginning um so we've got four members of phase clan involved in this one has been fired and three are on indefinite suspicion suspension so we've got jarvis who has been previously banned from fortnite for using aimbots um, Nikon and Tico have been suspended indefinitely. Uh, Kay has been completely removed for the team. Uh, what's going on is all four members, in, along with a couple other non-related people from the clan, were involved in a cryptocurrency that, while I'm not a financial advisor, so I can't say this with 100% certainty, every single thing about it screams, this is a complete scam. And I mean a complete, total, and utter scam. Um, so the the uh, currency involved um, was for a website called SaveTheKids.Today. That website has been completely deleted and completely scrubbed from the internet as best you can from the internet. You actually have to go to internet archives to find anything related to this current to this uh, charity which it's not a charity, it's just a scam. It was just used to promote it. And to anything involving this crypto. Um, so the basic around it is that Face Clan members I mentioned, along with some other influential YouTubers, uh, they got the list here. Um, where was it? I just saw that. Where, who else was involved with it? I mean, people that I haven't heard of because they're not people that I follow. Um, but they, you know, various YouTubers have been, you know, pumping up this crypto and that crypto. And I don't touch crypto with a 10 foot coin just because even though I understand that it has value, nobody's been able to explain to me why it has value. It's not like gold or silver or precious stones or anything utilitarian where you can do things out of it. And it's not something semi in, uh, transitional like stocks in a company at least you can tie that back to the company and their actions you know crypto is 100% digital it's tied to nothing it means nothing yet it has crazy value um, so anyway this uh, scan for this crypto key um, basically they turn the crypto into a pump and dump so when the crypto officially launched the price of it went up 30% and then everybody that was involved in Face Clan and everybody that was involved in this probably scam dumped it. And I mean dumped it hard to the point within five hours of the launch of the coin, the coin had lost 80% of its value. Um, and this was also tied to what they called the charity for the kids. And you just basic math tells you 
that it wasn't going to be any money for the charity because what they wanted was 1% of 3%, which was their marketing strategy. So they wanted 1% of 3% of the sales to be donated to charity. The problem is, is that if you have $100,000 in sales, 3% of that is $3,000. 1% of that is $30. So for every $100,000 in sales, the charity is getting 30 bucks. And I think before they shut the scam down, they allegedly raise less than $2,000 US for it. But all members involved of the crypto pump and dump just scored like crazy amounts of money. And 95, according to the sources that I can find who do the super deep dives into it, um, 95% of the coins were sent out before they went to the open market. And they sold so fast that pretty much everybody that can dig into it that understands the crypto market is saying, yeah, this was going to be a pump and dump from the word go. They pretty much all sold all their stuff very early into it. Hmm. Um, FaZe obviously issued a statement saying that we have made the decision to remove K from FaZe Clan and have suspended Jarvis, Nikan, and Tico until further notice. Uh, FaZe Clan has absolutely no involvement with our members' activity in the cryptocurrency space and we strongly condemn their recent behavior. The trust and respect of our fans has always always has been and always will be our number one priority, which is basically pretty, 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 pretty pleased with sugar on top. Don't sue the ever-loving fuck out of us. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I found the, uh, the list. Uh, some YouTuber named uh, Ricegum, uh, Brian Quang Lee. Never heard of him. Um, don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen several clips from several influencers and God, I hate that that's a a word now. Um, like the Logan brothers, they're pumping their own cryptocurrency. I could swear somebody sent me a clip of like one of the Kardashians or one of those I'm famous because I'm famous kind of people. Um, Throating some other cryptocurrency. Like I said, I don't do financial advice. I don't give financial advice. I have no problem talking about what I do for my personal finances to be open so that you have the point of reference to it. But this is the exact reason why I don't trust crypto. Mm -hmm. Because you can literally mint God knows how many coins, sell them off, make giant piles of profit, and then just leave people hanging in the bag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was that the, everything you needed to read? Uh, that's everything I needed to read. Um, there's a YouTuber called CoffeeZilla. Uh, there's another YouTube channel called Upper Echelon Gaming. Uh, both go deep, di- deep, deep dives into the subject. So if this is something that you just like, you're not interested in knowing more, but you just want to know more because this is so wild of a thing, uh, those are the two channels I would check out. Um, just because I have seen a lot of their stuff, both of them, and they don't sugarcoat anything, they don't pull any punches, and they they cover well enough to where um, you at least get a sense of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just to touch upon the, as you said, Logan brothers, uh, who I usually refuse to kind of talk about. Not that I pay attention to any of them. In fact, I try to avoid 
anything the two of them do because uh, of one of their infamous uh, videos in in a certain forest a few years ago that was uh, yeah outrageously awful. Um, it just it just like as you mentioned those two and tied and I tied that into like everything else, all the big mess of everything else that you just mentioned. It it does dig a lot into as you mentioned the influencer idea um of like that that's how that's how these people are looked at by some people um like some kids or some young teenagers or young people look up to the two logans and i I know both their first names but i don't even want to say what their both uh first names are but those of you who know who the two of them are you know who i'm talking about um and i um excuse me i like to consider myself a nice and polite person but I hate both of them with a complete burning fire and never want to have anything to do with either of them so I just wanted to put that across as as you mentioned both of them um and they're both just complete utter idiots which it kind of sounds like the rest of this you know the, the crew of people that you've mentioned are kind of sounds like they're uh pretty stupid too but it's one of them kind of problems that we do have on the internet which is these young people that you know they get involved with the youtube internet space whether it's tiktok snapchat youtube instagram you you name the platform whatever and you know they do a certain particular type of content and this obviously involved lots of money it doesn't always involve lots of money but something like this sort of um cryptocurrency thing doesn't always involve that but sometimes it does in this situation it does and you know you unfortunately get young teenagers or young, you know teenagers or young adults kind of that are around my age although slightly younger than me in certain situations i don't know how old some of these people are but around my kind of age um that you know they m- manage to get a big following because of the type of content they put out they get carried away with it because they're young and um uh, what's the phrase I was looking for? Hot-headed, and they get carried away with it because they're young and they haven't quite learnt what they maybe needed to do. And I'm not trying to, apart from the two Logan, um, uh, apart from the two, sorry, the Paul brothers, um, like I, I, I don't, I don't know anything about these other two, these other group of people, so I can't judge them particularly, aside from what you've mentioned here. Um, but that's, that's kind of unfortunately what happens with some of these, uh, age group types of people. And I'm not put, you know, people that are better people in that age group, uh, or people considered, I suppose, a bit more like myself. Uh, I'm not trying to put obviously those types of people down. If, if you're a young person and you're listening to this, I'm obviously not trying to throw you into that category. Um, cause I'm mentioning people that are specifically doing the wrong things within that age group that do this kind of thing so just to make it clear when i'm talking about that age group i'm not saying everybody in that age group i'm talking about those particular types of people that are in that age group um but that's what happens they get millions of followers they get verified on twitter some of them try to fight ufc fighters as well um because you know as much as i do try to avoid that type of situation i have to be on twitter and facebook for lots of different reasons both for news and for the podcast and now and again i come across news like this involving these types of people so i i know what goes on in those areas of of the internet but i just try to stay away from it as much as as much as i can because it's kind of quite unhealthy and uh really quite bad and is kind of full of 
stupid people in a way. Again, not all of them, but some of them are very stupid people from what I've seen uh, online. So uh, it's unfortunate those sorts of people exist. It's unfortunate that young people who are growing up end up looking up to those kinds of people and some of them end up like them, which is a big shame. And I guess I'm lucky enough to have not really been in that same path, although when I was you know, I'm still young obviously, but when I was sort of growing up per se, that kind of thing wasn't really around at least as much because we don't we didn't have the same internet space or internet sort of uh, culture in the 90s that we do today. Uh, obviously, that's like changed. So, any thoughts on anything I've mentioned there? Uh, I'm just tired of stupid people getting crazy amounts of money for being stupid people. That exactly. just is my old man yelling at clouds kind of a thing. Oh, no, um, I'm, ne- and I'm there with never, you. I'm there with you. Yeah, and I yeah. never assumed uh, that you were talking about somebody my age because I'm pretty much twice as old as you. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's 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 unfortunate that people fell for the scam. Um, people fall for various different scams repeatedly and can't really control that. Um, all you can do is just. Uh, hope that enough people report the scam itself to where it actually gets investigated and we can throw some of these bastards in jail after a you know a fair and legal trial um because that is a crime what they did um but the scc has to investigate it and then has to send charges to the department of justice and then has to get prosecuted um and so that's not like that's going to happen within the next week if it happens within the next year i'll be shocked Mm. yeah yeah so I've and I've to touch on the uh, Paul brothers just for a minute as well. I've had conversations with people about those two and specifically about the one that filmed the video. And some people have said like, oh, you know, it's been it has been a few years since that. I can't remember how long ago it was. And they're like, oh, do you like forgive him or do you do you like want to follow him? And I was like, what, what, why would I do either of those two things? Um, so, but it's, it's in that space that I don't need to, it's not only a case of me not interested, I just don't need to follow it at all, so, but, um, it's interesting to bring up this, obviously this is a bit of a different skew to that, so that's kind of what you're bringing up here is the cryptocurrency thing, so, yeah, some people are just unfortunately stupid, and I try to be polite, I try to be a nice person, but sometimes people have got to be described as what they are, (laughs) so... Um, again, it's a very it's a very particular minority and a very particular group of um, young people that unfortunately do these sorts of things. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, did you say that was the last thing you got? Yeah, it was the last thing I had. Cool, cool. Um, so if you're wondering if either of those two are going to be on Entertainment Talk ever, no, obviously not. So <laughs> I will uh, avoid that completely. Uh, but for emails, uh, questions, comments, all that sort of thing, uh, if you'd like to write in about anything we've discussed or anything that you'd like to discuss yourself, either related to video games or anything involving Entertainment Talk, uh, methodentertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. <coughs> uh, Samantha says, hey fellas, I'm a uh, transgender woman and I hope it's okay to write in. Uh, first of all, I'm very glad that you did write in, you felt able to. And you're very, very welcome here on Entertainment Talk. As I've said before, I've said this a number of times on Twitter and on different podcasts. As long as you're a nice person, as long as you treat myself, Robert, the other co-hosts and our audience with respect, um, you're completely welcome here on Entertainment Talk and I'm glad that you did write in. So I uh, just wanted to make a point of that first bit. So uh, welcome here. Uh, have you heard the mumblings about a dead space 
comeback. Um, do you like Dead Space and what are your thoughts? Thanks. Um, kind of digs into something we were mentioning earlier actually with the whole EA thing that, that I brought up. Uh, that studio is closed down. There was the, I can't remember the name of the game, but it was announced about a year or so ago. Uh, I think it was from the writers of Dead Space. So some somebody from that team is doing like a new horror game. Uh, and that's that's basically where that series will, um, what's that phrase, spiritual successor. That's kind of, that will kind of be the spiritual successor, I think, to Dead Space. Um... Because in terms of, I mean, every now and again you'll see like, hey, rumoured that Silent Hill or, um, or whatever is, or Dead Space or Metal Gear is coming back. And it's like, okay, just kind of empty rumours of discussion that don't often go anywhere. I did play some of the first Dead Space. It was one of them strange things that we do as humans where I played some of it. I quite liked it. And then stopped for no reason at all. <laughs> which, which we uh, tend to do sometimes. I think... Uh, did Bex play that on Twitch? I think she did, yeah. didn't she? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hilarity ensued with more than a few things. <laughs> Is that because of the uh, timed um, alerts and stuff? Like the jump scares and that? I- I'm some that of the was... alerts, some of uh, the gameplay mechanics that she didn't know that she could do and found out at a very ah. inappropriate time. <laughs> okay. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to check that out maybe at some point. Because um, she did kind of the same thing with Alien Isolation, didn't she? Like the horror kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So which was cool um what do you think of uh dead space have you played it what do you think of it and do you think it'll come back i don't know if it'll come back i never got into it i'm not much of a scary game guy mm-hmm. um and i didn't i saw it in the news but i didn't feel the need to talk about it but since uh our listener wrote in and there is a, a state uh ea play live uh july 22nd um the reason why i didn't bring it up is because they announced that they're not going to show anything or talk about Dragon Age 4, and they're not going to show or talk anything uh, Mass Effect related, so I'm like, okay, so it's just going to be your, your bullshit <laughs> sports games. It's just going to be sports, then. Your, your sports, and as I like to call it, uh, the next generation of gun battle slap fight, which is nothing I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so Did, they, did yeah. they say anything about Star Wars? Uh, it did not specifically say Star Wars. So... Sports. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and like an indie or something. So maybe that um, what's his name? Yusuf something. The guy that did a way out and Unravel. He yeah. kind of works with it. Maybe he'll come up with like his his new game or whatever. So hopefully he'll be entertaining as he always is. Mm. Um, he's definitely not shy about giving his opinions on anything. Oh no, so. no, no. So, um, but yeah, Dead Space and check it out again. Uh, I think what you'll get with Dead Space is again I can't remember the name of the game, but um, that will be its spiritual successor because I think it's from the same writers, so you're gonna get the same kind of atmosphere. And I remember that it was weird because I remember the trailer for it, but I don't remember the name of it. And everyone was like, "Is this Dead Space?" And we found out it was from the same team, so that's probably where that will end up. Same thing with like me and Mirror's Edge, where like we'll probably won't get another Mirror's Edge game, but that will sort of spiritually live on through Dying Light One and Two. Which I know add zombies to it, which is cool for me. Um, but sometimes that happens in the world of gaming, where you'll sort of get like a spiritual spiritual successor to something from a different company, um, in a way. So 
Uh, but thank you for writing in, and uh, you're always welcome here on Entertainment Talk, just to make that clear. Uh, Brian says, specific uh, question specific for Matt, sorry Robert, I know you've spoken before about FIFA and PES and which ones are better for different reasons. Is there anything you would do to either game to make them the clear winner? Ah, so the the sport the sports simulator games. Um if you were to put in the real work and I'm not I'm not I'm not calling anybody it like the whoever makes the PES games, obviously it's Konami but it's a certain dev team there. Uh, and EA. I'm not calling them lazy, but what I'm saying is, if you want to really put into, okay, how do we make, how do we take something like FIFA and PES to the next level? And th- what I'm about to say is going to sound like a ridiculous amount of work, and it will probably never happen. I think what you'd need to do, you know how you have like scouts, obviously in football. You know, Man United send scouts off to here and there and everywhere. This player's good. He's this age. He might fit into the system. He might not. You know that that kind of thing happens all the time. Or South, Gareth Southgate will go to the main night game, see how the English players are playing, that kind of thing. So, I think what you'd need to do is have someone from the EA team that maybe knows a bit more about sports and stuff. Like, is a bit more of just a sports person to begin with, but is also on that dev team. Have them scout somebody for an entire season, and I'm talking from August until May... And watch every little single thing about that player's game. Obviously if the player gets injured for 7 months. Then you kind of throw that away I suppose. Um, to, to, so instead of like. Hey Rashford is really fast. Let's give him 90 pace. Out of 99. He's quite good at shooting. Let's give him 87. He's pretty good at passing. Let's give him 86 passing. Uh, he's a little bit more injury prone. So let's put that on some sort of number scale. Because part of me wondered, because you have an overall rating for a player, like Rashford will be rated 84, 85 or something like that. That's obviously, you know, his accumulated ratings for like shooting, passing, pace, acceleration, stamina, all all that kind of stuff. That's how that's all put together. But um, I kind of wonder how they, because players change from year to year, you know, they get better or they get worse or whatever happens, happens. And I kind of wonder how they get to the conclusions that they do with, okay, how fast was Rashford this year? How fast was, I don't know, Declan Rice this year? Um, Or players from like League 2 or whatever. Uh, Okay, they're obviously, you know, probably worse players. But what do we give them for rating? They're probably going to be like a 63 or something. Um, Like how? How do they come to those specific conclusions? Because that's got a lot to play within, like how a specific player works. There is a lot of things you could probably do with specific gameplay things as well. To where, like, j- just the way you can control the ball, I think, is very, very important. I don't think there's quite enough there. Because there is sometimes I'm playing like FIFA with my dad and stuff, and I'll want to do something like, hey, I want to like put my foot on the ball with this player and like turn him around or whatever and then maybe pass it somewhere and you can't always do exactly what you want to do you can do things like skill moves and certain ways of controlling the ball but it's not quite specific enough to what you could do in a football game and there's there's a lot you could work on there i think um any any particular thoughts on that i don't i know you don't really play like sports games and that so oh uh... Honestly, I think the one thing that I kind of liked, I didn't get into the games 
uh, when they try to do like a story mode to the games, I think it at least gave it a little bit more depth. I don't know that that's something that they'll continue to do. I hope they do. I understand it takes a lot of work, mm-hmm. um, especially for an annualized property like this, like any sports games is. Um, and if they can't do it an annual, like at least once every other year to try to bring some freshness into it, because otherwise, you know, the next game is just a graphics pack and a roster update. Mm. Yeah. One of the things that really annoys me sometimes is like, I'll notice that a player that's quite like particularly fast, like a Rashford or like a Dan James or somebody like that, or an Mbappe. And I'll think like, okay, there's some room down this side, down his side. I'm going to pass the ball down there and I'm going to run with the ball. And then you'll be looking at the opposition team and you'll, and you'll be, it doesn't always happen, but it happens sometimes. And you'll think, how is this player catching this player? Like, what? <laughs> and uh, sometimes they'll get to uh, their announcement of their new FIFA. And like it'll be a cinematic announcement of like, you know, one of their cinematic trailers. I think they did like a This Is Anfield thing with Trent uh, last last season. And I remember put, uh, I put in the comments just as a joke sometimes, like, hey, but will Henderson be able to catch up with Ronaldo? Because he shouldn't be able to. Like, you know, it. it I, I think the game sometimes has these weird problems where, and this does also apply to Pez, where, okay, this, this player should be quite clearly faster than this other one. They're quite fast, but somehow that other player running after them is still a bit too close to him. And in the real world, that player would have, like, that, that that wouldn't have happened, um, and those are quite basic things. I mean, when you when it's weird when you have like okay, a player who's got ninety six pace, you know, okay, they should be really really quite fast, and then somebody who's maybe got like eighty or something can probably catch them. Okay, if he's got a lower stat of running, why why is he as fast as him? So, but the I mean, there's too many specifics to get into in just this part of the podcast. Um, but there, there's a lot of things you could do with FIFA, um, and some of them just don't really happen. So, and the last thing we got, uh, Jessica says, challenge for you both. If you could think of a type of game that you could play right now, what would that be? It could be an upcoming unannounced game. Sorry, it could be an unannounced game or something coming out, or you can just make something up. So I suppose the question is like, what are we in the mood to play? Like, if we could say, okay, I want to play this game right now. What would that be? And even if it's a sequel to something that maybe could happen or even won't happen, what would that be? I guess. Um, I think for me at the moment, uh, I mean, third-person shooters are some of my my favorites. If Gears of War Six came out tomorrow, I'd play that straight away. Obviously, if like pretty much anything Naughty Dog came out tomorrow or like in the near future I'd play that um, if there was like a new Uncharted game I'd probably play that uh, if we did get like a new Red Dead or GTA again third person games like an open world thing in, in that situation I'd jump straight into that um, th- those are kind of the games I'm in the mood for at the moment which I know is strange because I did say earlier I'm going to jump on to Titanfall 2 and Thief next which are kind of different games but yeah, uh, either those or one of the new Warner Brothers games that's coming out. So Suicide Squad, Gotham Knights, or uh, the new what was it, Hog- Hogwarts Legacy, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one of those I probably played. So there's a few different options there that I, I would like to play. Now some of those games are happening. Obviously we know the three Warner Brothers games are happening. I'm guessing a Gears of War 6 will happen. The other stuff we don't really know yet. So uh, what would you like to play right now I suppose? And it doesn't have to be... Well, I've, I've already set out the rules. So. Yeah well I mean pretty much the only obvious answer for me is State of Decay 3. Mm. I've been played the ever loving crap out of that franchise. I have God knows how many hours sunk into it. The three looks like a serious graphical and uh, gameplay update, at least from what they've hinted at from little bit of leaks that we have gotten. I don't think it's in any playable state anytime soon, but yeah, that that's a game that would fall sooner rather than later. Outside of that, just a brand new IP, something that would completely blow me away mm. and completely suck me in. So maybe Casey Hudson's new game or uh, Amy Henning's new game. You so, never know. So that would be new IP. How about that uh, new Dead Space-ish game? See, I'm not into the scare games. Oh, yeah. But then again, I'm not into the spare, scare movie, so... Hmm. Yeah. So, so I get, yeah, for you, be if you could like play something right now, I guess, State of Decay 3, then and mine would be... Yeah, pro- probably one of those new Warner Brothers games, or one of, those, one of the others that I mentioned. So, although I'm looking forward to Hellblade as well, so there's that. Uh, Hellblade 2. Um... Halo Infinite, I'll play whenever. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, those are those are some of my answers. So let us know what you would like to play right now. Uh, audience, I'm asking, obviously. Uh, if you could play something right now, what would it be? And let us know. And it could be a game for, you know, if you want it to be a new Silent Hill, new Metal Gear, or whatever. Or if or that thing that's called Abandoned, whatever that is supposed to be. Um, if, if I could watch a reveal or a trailer for something right now, I think it'd be that, uh, the the uh, abandoned whatever that thing's gonna be, just to see, you know, okay, is this thing tied into Kojima or what is it? <laughs> so uh, that's what I'd like to see. Um, that is everything we got for this week. Uh, thank you very much all for listening. Uh, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. So check it all out if you'd like to. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, I mentioned this on the Tomorrow War podcast, uh, so look out for that. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, Black Widow tomorrow, uh, or reviewing Black Widow, sorry, tomorrow. Um, so look out for that. Uh, that was delayed. When was that supposed to come out? March May 2020? 20, May 2020? May 2020. It was, I was going to see that my birthday weekend, so... Wow, wow. So, uh, long-awaited film. I'll be seeing that tomorrow. And don't forget, also, uh, Monsters at Work, which is the... Uh, Monsters Inc. sequel series. The, the podcast is called Funny Monsters because that's what I wanted to call it. Uh, there's having a double season premiere episode uh, or series premiere episode tomorrow. Uh, so look out for the podcast for that. So that's pretty much what's happening tomorrow. And look out for other things in the future as well. You can find all that and more on entertainmenttalk.org. If you'd like to support what you heard here on Entertainment Talk, support what we're doing, uh, you can either go over to the website, listen to more stuff, or you can find us on podcast platforms. Feel free to subscribe to us on those. Uh, you can also tell people about what we do, where they can find it. So tell them where the website is and uh, all the content and that sort of stuff. Tell them what we do and where they can find it. Uh, so you can do that as well. Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast and review options. You can check that out as well if you want to uh, do that. Uh, TV and film news, if you like that stuff over there. Uh, Geek Town, uh, David's got you covered over there. Geektown.co.uk uh, and Geek Town Radio. There's no Geek Town Radio this week. That returns next week. So does our Breaking Bad podcast. We've got two episodes left for season two. So look out for all that next week. 
Uh, Bex is streaming daily pretty much over on Twitch. Trista Bites, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there for all of her cool streams. And happy two-year anniversary to her uh, for what she's been doing over on Twitch. You can also find me on Twitch as well, eTalkUK. Uh, might stream some of that Thief or whatever. I don't know. See how that goes. Uh, but look out for more of my Twitch streams on there, eTalkUK on Twitch. Give me and Bex both a follow on Twitch, Trista Bites and eTalkUK on Twitch and if you've missed any of my uh, Twitch streams in the past they should all be available on YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays uh, including the Last of Us 2 playthrough and the Platinum Run for that so check all that out thanks very much for listening and we will see you next time goodbye goodbye